0: Hello, hello, everyone. I am so excited to bring you today's episode because I think it's covering a topic we can all use some work on, and the topic is forgiveness. My guest today is Karen Donier, and she's actually a forgiveness coach. Yeah, she's helping busy women learn to release their anger, resentment, and grudges so that they can have healthier relationships and experience more joy and peace in their lives. So whether forgiveness is something that you need to focus on or it's something that you need to better model for your kids, this conversation is going to be so helpful for you because you'll find out that forgiveness is not just for the other person, mostly it's actually for your own healing. She's a married mom of three adults, she has a master's degree in educational technology and she's just a wonderful, wonderful human being and I loved talking with her. So let's get to my conversation on forgiveness, Karen Donier. All right. I'm so excited to be chatting with Karen Donier today this morning. Hi, Karen. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm so good. You have the warmest voice ever. I just feel like I can feel your smile
1: behind (laughs) this audio. Thank you. Thank you so much. Everybody says that, but here's the crazy thing. I can't stand to listen to my voice. Really? It's so pleasant. Really? Really? Really, it, it irks me to no end.
0: Oh well, but I, I get that all the time. I like it, and do I detect a bit of a southern
1: drawl? Where am I speaking to you from? Oh, oh, I am originally from Alabama, but I've lived in Texas, and I'm in currently in North Carolina. You've that been all so over. Funny.
0: I hear just a little bit. I have family in Texas as well, and my mom is so funny because she was born in Texas, but most most of her life she was raised in California. But if she's around her mom she starts what? in with the drawl, and it's so funny because it just kind of it just comes back to her i don't know i love it though i think it's great i,
1: I have not heard that in a long time yeah so okay all I right i still have a little bit of it okay
0: yeah i have a fondness for soldier. it so it's good well karen this is going to be such a wonderful meaningful conversation i'm so glad you reached out because we're going to talk about forgiveness today and forgiveness can be a really complex operation and a process to go through. And so hopefully you'll be able to, to coach people through some different scenarios today. And then of course that you have lots of resources through what you've created. So, but let's just start with, can you give a little background on yourself and your family, Karen? Absolutely.
1: I, um, people don't know this but I've been married for 27 years I got married young and I have three adult children the youngest is um 18 she just turned 18 and started her community college classes last week Mm. and let me do this and I am a Doberman lover I love to dance I love true crime documentaries oh Um, do you you have a favorite do you have a favorite documentary that you've watched lately um, Forensic Files is what I, I really love Forensic Files. And then there's, um, there's, uh, what is the, I watched the, um, I think it was The Devil Next Door about Ivan the Great, Ivan the Terrible or something like oh, that. And they thought that he, he was a, um, prison guard in Nazi Germany. And so that was interesting, but Forensic Files is my thing. Okay. Where do you watch that? How do I find it? It's on, um, a and E, I I do believe it could okay. be on Hulu, but it's okay. on,
0: yeah. Got it. Okay, I'm going to check that out. Because, yeah, I love those. I love true crime podcasts and everything. Like, yeah, it's just, it is so fascinating. And my husband's a lawyer, and he's a federal prosecutor. And so there's some things where it's like the evidence provided to him is already, like, it is what it is. But then there's some times where it's like he finds a receipt in the car, and then this just happened. There was, there was a robbery gone wrong. Someone ended up getting murdered, unfortunately. And they're trying to figure the out word? who the shooter is. And, I mean, his job is not detective. His job is to be the lawyer. But they found a Wingstop receipt in the car. Oh my- and so they're going to trace, A, the credit card. B, pull what? the footage of who bought the Wingstop right before the murder. And hopefully they'll be able to identify the shooter because they we think Girl. two guys are ganging up against this one person who were all present. So we will see. That my thing. I that know, is right? my thing. Yeah, you would
1: love it. I need to be the junior. I need to be I need to work with your husband. That is it, my thing. Yes. I'll do the legwork.
0: Totally. Oh, it's it's fascinating. It really is. It really is. It is It well, is. That is so awesome. Twenty-seven years of marriage. That is so, so special. And now that you have Your last child, 18 years old, starting college. How did your parenting evolve from, I mean, can you go back
1: to how old is your oldest now? My oldest is 28. When I graduated high school, I was pregnant. I was three months (sighs) pregnant with my son.
0: Oh, my gosh. And what did you, so getting pregnant end of high school, not probably what you had planned, right? And you probably had a certain vision of what your future could look like. From that vantage point, what, how did it evolve? And
1: yeah, was Goodness. it different than you thought? Girl, um, going back my, my teenage years were so, um, so, um, I don't even know. To, I can't even, they were just kind of like, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was thinking about being a mortician. I was thinking about being, being a, a, a flight attendant. I was thinking about being a pilot. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I grew up in this, this, um, kind of Brady Bunch type household where my, my father had three children my mother ended up having three children. So we merged, you might, Mm. you know, um, and so, um, it was very, uh, very volatile actually. My father was, was, um, he didn't quite, he didn't know how to parent. He didn't know how to be a parent and he had a temper. Mm. And so, um, yeah, he was, he was a great provider and my mother was very nurturing But, um, I didn't, I don't, I don't feel like I was prepared to be a teen mom at 17. Mm -hmm. And what was their reaction to that as well? My mother was super supportive because I'm her oldest. She was super, super supportive, disappointed, but super supportive. And my father was just angry. Like he didn't speak to me the entire pregnancy, nor did he come to the hospital Mm -hmm. after I gave birth. So it was, it was just very, um, 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 oh gosh, tumultuous, very, um, so much tension, so much um, sadness, and and I cried a lot. Hmm. My first pregnancy, I cried a lot.
0: Ugh, that just breaks my heart. Because you think, because now as a mom of an eighteen year old, right, and and older children yeah. as well, you just think all these kids want is love. Like you're still so young at eighteen, you still are so naive, and yet you think you know it you all are. at the same time, right? And so you do. But, but ultimately, that approval and that support and that unconditional love from your parents is invaluable. And so when you feel like you lose that from at least one parent, that had to be really challenging. And so how did, what was, what were you like as a young mother? How did you learn how to do it?
1: Um, I learned a lot from my mother, actually, because she, you know, she raised six kids, you know, yeah. three of you know, when we're not her own. And so I learned a lot from my mother. Like I, she has the patience of Moses, Job, Jesus, all, you know, everybody. She's super patient. I've never, I've seen her annoyed, but not really angry, angry. So I learned how to be patient, but not at first. Okay. I was not patient at first. It took a while, but I, I loved my, my kids. I wanted to be the, I wanted to be a better mother. I wanted to give them not things, but, 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 um, You know, I wanted to set them up so they could be successful adults, successful young people. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to to teach them how to, you know, handle their money. I wanted to teach them how to to work hard, how to be productive members of society, and how to be happy to the best of their ability.
0: Right. And when you're young and trying to figure out that yourself... Then trying to teach it to somebody else and model it—that's that's a very um, complex uh, tall order,
1: isn't <laughs> it, Karen? It's a lot for a young person. It is so much for a young person, especially when things don't go well with the the child's father, and then you have things not going well with your own father. It's right. it's it's a lot to, to maneuver, and you don't you know nobody knew about therapy back then, right? I, right. Didn't, I didn't have a therapist then. I didn't I didn't have support resources that I knew of then, right? I wasn't on Google then. So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's part of what makes this day and age so amazing is the abundance of resources, support groups, all different types of things, and just people talking about different challenges, you know, in a more open way and realizing, you know, there doesn't have to be shame accompanying a teenage unexpected pregnancy. There can also be a lot of, of good coming out of it. And, you know, what are your options what how how can you best you know set set everybody up for success what does that look like i love that so much yes. and so yes. would you say there was a turning point in your motherhood and womanhood that you started to feel more secure in like you knew what you were doing a little bit more or you kind of had your feet under you a little more was there
1: that it was I would say probably in my probably around 26 is mm-hmm. when I kind of figured some things out you know I, I was getting better you know being a better mom along the way but probably when I got 26 that's when I started to come into who I was supposed to be sure you know slowly but surely like a little turtle yeah. you know I was I was slowly just doing things because what I learned is that I you know I, I taught my kids how, how to read and write and, and all that before they even started kindergarten. So they were well prepared they knew how to share they knew how to do you know all the all the things that they that they needed to know so they could be successful in kindergarten but i was not happy and what i i was angry and and mm. and um and sad and and still had some shame and some some guilt and regret and 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 I and and initially I started taking that anger out on my babies when they were toddlers, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's how the whole forgiveness piece came. But probably when I was twenty six, that's when things started to shift. That's when that's when I started to say, okay, I can do this, and I am going to do this. I am going to do this.
0: Yeah. Well, and here is the thing, Karen. This is what I hear from so many people, and what I've what I've witnessed is. That so many times when you're raised a certain way or where you're just in the throes of to- raising toddlers, you don't even realize there's another way. Like, you're so reactive. You're so just relying on what comes out naturally. And it's not always great, but you don't really believe you can do it any differently. Like, it just is what it is. Yeah. But That self-awareness component is the first step. Realizing it, you can be different. You can be more patient. You don't have to, you know, even just recognizing, wow, I feel really depleted and sad. Like, I feel empty. How can I possibly show up in a happy, positive, patient way to my children when I feel like I am dried up? Oh self-awareness is the first part yes mm-hmm. and so what did you do yes.
1: to start to pour into
0: yourself in order to begin to change that
1: I decided that well first when I when I first had my son I decided that I was not going to call him names you know I was called names like dumb stupid ignorant mm. things like that from like elementary school so I said okay you're not going to do this but I did um use uh, physical discipline so I did spank Mm -hmm. and I decided that I, I would stop spanking and I would find alternative methods to discipline them and so that was the other thing that I decided when they were toddlers I said okay you're gonna you're gonna do things different from the way that your parents did them and it's okay and you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to feel some type of way about it because it's going to work out beautifully. It's going to be okay. They're going to be okay. And you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so I, I made that decision. And then I just started I just started to be more patient with them. And, and you know, I figured out the alternative methods of discipline, whether it was, a, you know, a timeout, whether it was a corner, whether it was um, go write sentences, just little things that they could do. Um, even just apologizing, even just explaining things sometimes it helps. And so I just wanted them to be healthier and happier. And I wanted to be healthier and happier.
0: Yeah. And so once you started employing those different techniques, what did you notice about the feeling in your home? It
1: changed. It definitely changed. It was more, you know, we were more lighthearted. We were happier. We laughed a lot more. We smiled a lot more and we got closer. And,
0: and that's what we all want, but sometimes we think based upon our own individual challenges and circumstances that things are just the way they are, and it's just simply not true. There's always a better way. I don't think, I mean, I, I assume you're a person of faith since since you mentioned that, but yes. I mean, we weren't put here to be miserable. We weren't put here to to punish our children. Yes. We've been gifted our children, and yes. we've been gifted this life, so there's just so much opportunity to grow. Absolutely. hmm uh-huh. Hey, everyone. I wanted to jump in real quick and thank a show sponsor, and that is Pros. There's no one-size-fits-all solution when it comes to hair care. And to be honest, until I got to my early 30s, it kind of felt like it didn't matter what I used with my shampoo and conditioner. But ever since I started having kids and started getting older, my hair is so much more sensitive, and it's definitely changed. And that is why I needed a more intentional approach to my hair care, shall we say. So thanks to my personalized prose routine, I can honestly say I've never been more in love with my hair. Pros makes custom hair care that's effective because it's personal. They actually take you through an in depth consultation. They care about you as a person. They ask you things like where do you live? How do you do your hair? Do you use heat on your hair? How often? How often do you wash your hair? And all of these things educate pros on the types of products that will best suit your hair. I found the process really insightful and amazing. Next Pros analyzes all the answers and they give you a complete rundown of their best recipe for success for your hair convenience is also a big deal for me and so having it delivered straight to my door is amazing but you guys, if you are looking to address any hair issues you have Prose is how you should do it you'll notice softer, shinier fuller hair than you've ever had and you know that it's geared towards your specific goals in mind another really cool part about pros is they are certified B Corp, meaning they're an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty and they are carbon neutral certified. If you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they'll take their products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash E-M-P, that's pros ecom slash E-M-P for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Thank you, Pros, for sponsoring the show. All right, so... Let's get to this forgiveness piece. Tell me about what was the catalyst in your life for needing to address forgiveness
1: and to release some of the anger that you were holding? One day I was sitting at my dining room table. And I was, you know, I was crying and I was having, you know, I started having nightmares and I was having, you know, I was sad a lot. And I, you know, like I said, I was angry. I was taking that anger out on my babies, you know, yelling and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, there's something going on with you, but I don't I don't know what's going on with you. And I used to write poetry and songs and things like that. And I noticed that a lot of my poems were angry. They were, you know, I was upset. I was mad and I was you know, putting it in the poems, which is great. And so I noticed that I had, you know, things, projects that I couldn't start that I could, I could start them, but I couldn't finish them. Mm. And I was like, so you're starting things, but you can't finish them. I said, so something is wrong. And I was like, you have some unforgiveness in your heart. That, that was how I figured it out that day at the dining room table. I don't know if my kids were napping or what, but I figured it out, you know, because I was scribbling down all these things, you know, anger, hatred, you know, you're mad, sad, you know, I was trying to make something rhyme and I just started scribbling. And I was like, you have unforgiveness, possibly even some hatred in your heart and you need to figure it out. That's what's blocking you and keeping you stuck. Mm. And so that's it started when my kids were like, I don't know, four and six. That's when the whole forgiveness journey started for me. How did you start using it in your own life
0: to kind of lighten things? Like, what did it actually look like to start forgiving? Did you, like, have one-on-one conversations with people? Did it start just in your own mind? What did that look like?
1: I, I actually went to therapy. I started going to therapy. At first, I had to find the right therapist, you know, because nobody in my home has, you know, has ever gone to therapy. So I was, nobody in my family, rather. So I think I was the first one that I know of. So I, you know, I started going to therapy, I found a great therapist. And I started writing letters to people, especially my dad, you know, I started writing letters to him. And um, that's how I kind of started healing and getting better and feeling better and feeling happier and feeling like, okay, you are capable, you are worthy, you, you're you not, you know, you're not this and you're not dumb and you're not stupid and you're not ignorant. And I started taking classes at the community college. And um, that's how everything started with me going to therapy. So I can start the healing process, reaching out for help. Sometimes we think we don't, you know, we're we're ashamed or we're scared to reach mm-hmm. out for help. And that was the best thing that I could have ever done. Right. Yeah, and therapy really is the
0: safest first step because you're not feeling like you have to have a confrontation. This is an unbiased person. The confrontation is taken out of it. The shock factor is taken out of it. They have heard it all, right? And they're not there. No, yes, they're not. A, a good therapist yeah, and they're not judging. is That's the not thing. there. They're not judging
1: mm-hmm. you. We don't want to be judged. We right. want to be helped and comforted and heard. We want to be heard. Right. Tell me about writing letters
0: versus having verbal conversations why writing in in this
1: case Um, for you writing helped me personally now somebody else may want to have a conversation but I knew that in my specific instance the conversation would not have gone well and it would have been a big blown out confrontation with some words being said that weren't very nice or a and not very um, productive. Mm-hmm. So it would have been a counterproductive and self defeating conversation, and I would not have been heard or respected or honored. So I knew in my heart of hearts that the conversation would not work. It would not help. So I knew that writing letters to express myself would be uh, best for me personally mm-hmm. to start the healing process.
0: And then, if you don't mind sharing, so you you gave the letter to your dad, and then how did he respond?
1: Um, he was
0: angry. Mm -hmm. Did he He write back or did he call you and was
1: like, what is this? (laughs) He actually called. Okay. And he, he, it didn't, wasn't, it wasn't very nice. Right. It didn't go well. So yeah, so it did not go well. Right. So I still I still needed to to do what I needed to do so that I could heal it and get better. You know, despite what his his reaction is is, is exactly what I thought it would be which is why I did not want to have a one-on-one conversation. You know, sometimes you right. can have a one-on-one conversation. And sometimes you can have a one-on-one conversation with a mediator, with somebody there to keep things calm. But I knew that either way, it, it would not work. Right. So tell me about forgiveness when somebody's not asking for it.
0: He didn't come knocking on your door saying, you know, I've been reflecting and I did a little, I messed up a lot. And there was a lot of anger. Dah, 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 dah. Like this was for you. Tell me, for somebody listening, yes. who, who feels like there's this barrier, and
1: yet the other person's continuing to live their life just fine. Yeah, they are. They're, they're probably living their best life, actually. That's, mm. that's usually how it works. They're living their best life, and we're over here miserable, crying, having crying spells, can't sleep, can hardly eat or eating too much or whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. and they're living their best life. So forgiveness, here's the thing about forgiveness, Jessica. Forgiveness is the gift that you give to yourself because you're worthy of it. You deserve it. You want more joy. You want more peace, peace of mind. You want more happiness. And that's what we all want. It's a gift that you give to yourself despite whether you get that apology, despite whether the other person admits this or they they say it it, it doesn't matter if you ever get an apology because sometimes, a lot of times, you won't. But forgiveness Mm -hmm. is for you. It's for me.
0: Right. And so even writing those letters and not having it go well on his end, did that give you what you were seeking? Did that free you
1: up? It did. It did free me up. It did. I felt like I could kind of, I could get the tote bags, the trash bags off my shoulders Mm. and take one, take them one by one to the trash and put them out by the curb. That's what I, for the trash man, that's, that's, you know, because that, that's those negative emotions that we carry. I call them trash bags because that's what it is. That anger, resentment, the grudges, the guilt, the shame, the feelings of unworthiness, the feelings that, you know, we're just the scum of the earth, all that stuff, dirt, you know, feel like we're dirt, all that negative emotions, it's unhealthy. It doesn't do us any good. And so we have to find a way to put them in the trash bag and slowly take something out to the curb. Mm. And so it, it started the, the freeing process right. for me, the healing process.
0: Yeah. Personal relationships are so tricky because I think especially without therapy, we just continue on our in our lives expecting others to come around or behave the way we want them to behave or think the way we think they should be thinking about things. And you just cannot control others. All you can do is is work on yourself and your part. And what you're saying is you're owning your side. You're expressing your side. And that moves some trash out. You know, even if it's not fully resolved, even if there still needs to be healthy boundaries in place, even if it's not ever going to be a full, you know, healthy relationship,
1: that's not what forgiveness is for, is it? No, it is not forgiveness is so that you can feel better. You can feel whole. You can feel feel complete. You can feel happier, have that joy, that peace. Get rid of the crying spells, the the bouts of anxiety and depression, um not being able to sleep. You can have healthier, meaningful relationships with your sister, your siblings, your mom, your 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 parents, whomever. Your children, daughter, mm-hmm. son. It's for you. Forgiveness is all about you. It sounds selfish, but it is so not selfish. It's it's loving. It's beautiful. And so in that case, you wanted to express those
0: feelings to your dad and get that out. Are there ever situations where the forgiveness piece and the taking out the trash can happen without an interaction? If you know it's not going to go well or you know it's not even on their radar and they're not thinking about it, is it always important to kind of unearth the past or can it ever just be done individually?
1: Of course, it can be done individually. And there's okay. times probably where it should, especially if the other person is not in that, in a space or they're, they're deceased or yeah. whatever the case may be. You can, you can resolve those things within yourself and make that decision. Okay. I'm going to forgive, but it has nothing to do with you is this is about me healing. This is about me being better than I was yesterday. This it's it's, this is me giving this gift of freedom, mental and emotional freedom and more mm-hmm. joy or more and more peace to myself. So you don't have to reach out to the, Other person, it's not necessary, and it's it's great. And let me add this: it's always great. It's nice to get that an to get that apology, but so often, so often, many times we won't get it because people don't realize they hurt us. They don't care that they hurt us. They're too proud or whatever to apologize, and you're just not going to get one a lot of times. And so, in those instances, you just have to carry on and take care of yourself. It's one thing
0: for adults to be able to do this because with life experience comes perspective of realizing what you don't want to be tethering you down anymore. You realize what's just not worth it. What what you have to let go of in order to move forward. Um, and that type of mentality comes with a lot of maturity. How do we teach <sighs> our kids to forgive? Now, there's things that happen at school and on the playground, and, of course, I'm sorry's, you know, get thrown around. What do you think about parents who tell their children to say I'm sorry to such and such, and they just do it out of obligation? What do you think about
1: that? It depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're, you know, if you guys are best friends and, and, and you know, you're fighting and you're bickering, kids fight and bicker with their siblings all the time. Mm-hmm. And so they need to learn to apologize. But I think it needs to be genuine because if we start them out while they're young, saying those meaningless apologies. That's how they're going to continue yeah. when they're older, when they're in their teens, in their twenties, thirties, that's how they're going to have their relationships. And that's what they're going to teach their children. How to how to just apologize just to make somebody be quiet or, you yes. know, somebody drop the subject. And that's not, that's not what we want.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. It, it is good for somebody to do the right thing and, and apologize, but paired with that, is the understanding of, of what it means. And I think there has to be a lot of conversation around that in the home. Yes. You know, and and, yes. and and offering genuine apologies. And if you're not ready to say you're sorry yet, it's almost better to wait until you've had enough time to reflect and say, like, what was my part? I understand that they called you the name first, and then that's when you called them the name back. Or I understand that they pushed you first, or they yes. took your toy first, and then you did this. And you're saying that you don't want I, to say you're sorry. I get that. But what was your
1: part? Can you own your part? Right? I agree. And that's the self-awareness. That's yeah. the self-reflection part. And children can do that, you know, when they get a certain age. They can do that. And we, and it's not good to to always push them to apologize. Let Sometimes let them take those baby steps and let them do it in their own time. Let them own their own stuff when they're ready. Because maybe they're not ready and that's okay. Sometimes we're not ready to apologize either when we hurt somebody, but we're thinking about it. We're self-reflecting. We're thinking about our part in it and how how we want to to say something. And it's okay if you're not ready. There's a teenager
0: close to me who has a lot of resentment towards and anger towards her dad right now, who um, his actions led to a divorce um, between he and, and her mom. And it's been really disruptive. And now, you know, he... It's as a teenage girl, like it's not necessarily awesome to like go to dad's house when you feel like an obligation to go to dad's house, right? To spend time, and she wants to be with her friends, and so there's that, and there's just conflict, right? There's just conflict and anger yeah. there. Any Aww. tips for that level of of forgiveness that can happen, that process in reconciling those those really difficult, complex feelings? as As a young adult, where you don't have the mental capacity to see the long the long game and and things like that
1: hmm she's a young person she's a teenager he's yeah. the adult right? she needs to. I would suggest that she takes care of herself, introducing her introducing a self-care routine for her because mm. I know my my teenage daughter has a self-care routine where she likes, you know, facial scrubs and cleansers and special lotions. I would start introducing a weekly or, you know, some kind of self-care routine for her and then I would have her to start journaling her feelings. Mm. And she may want to start having some conversations with him and asking some questions. Right. And it doesn't mean that she's, you know, she's sucking up to him or she's, you know, trying to be his his um, his pawn or trying to get in the middle of anything. She may really have some questions. Right. And, and she she needs answers. She wants answers, you know, because she deserves to heal, too. She deserves to be happier and, and not have tension every time she goes over there. You know, so she I would encourage her to start start doing some self-care routines every week. I would encourage her to start journaling if she's not. And, and, you know, sometimes it could be the the traditional pretty journal or we can do it on our phones because and then sometimes we can play it back and listen to it and be like, oh, I remember that. I'm so past that right now. I don't feel like that anymore. Or how do I feel about that when I said this last Monday or last whenever, you know? So I would encourage her to start journaling. And maybe she does have questions for him. And maybe she's not ready to forgive him yet. Mm. Maybe she's not. Okay,
0: let's talk about timeline. Yeah, because sometimes it feels like we... Never want to forgive somebody who did something so terrible to us, we feel like. We feel like they're not entitled to forgiveness. I mean, I Mm -hmm. I understand what we're talking about is the forgiveness is for you. But in that, it doesn't feel like, gosh, I just feel like I can't get there. And then sometimes, sometimes we feel like we want to drop it maybe too prematurely. And then we don't truly get over it. And we're not truly, you know, in that place of forgiveness.
1: Can you tell me about that? Sure yes so it's okay to take those baby steps to forgiveness and the first step is really the self-reflection that we've been talking about you know did what part if any did i play in this and Mm -hmm. notice i said if any Mm -hmm. and this is not the time to self-blame to beat yourself up to have that negative self-talk any of those things it's just you know what what happened really you're assessing the situation and you're self-reflecting what happened Mm -hmm. what you know why am i upset and, and a lot of times, we sometimes we don't have a right to be upset because nothing really happened. It's a perceived slight or perceived something. And a lot of times, it's real. So, so the thing is to, to reflect and see what happened and if I played a part in it. So you can start to see, okay, this is what happened, but we're not blaming. Mm. We're just... Just taking taking stock of what happened, taking stock of the the car accident. You're just yes. what happened? Did I did I turn too quickly? Did I turn too late? Did I did I stop abruptly? You know you know what I'm saying? Yes, and I think Karen, what we
0: talked about with journaling or with writing a letter, that helps you to be more of an observer than having conversations where emotions can kind of start to spin and you know kind of take things maybe down a path that. Maybe you didn't intend, but you can definitely be more objective, whether it's something you intend to pass on to somebody, or if you're journaling for yourself to kind of process through something, if you can view it like you're a character, you're, you're writing down, you know, an incident that happened and view it from like, okay, if this were my friend, what would I say to them? Or how would I view it? And, and offer yourself the most loving, compassionate, understanding, lens that you're viewing it through but you can see it more objectively when it's written down than just
1: when it's spinning in your mind because we've all been there you really really can and then you can show that self-compassion you can show that empathy Mm. and you you can start your forgiveness journey just by doing that that's the first step you can literally start your own personal forgiveness journey just by doing that and the thing is to do it without judgment without Mm. judging yourself and especially yourself Mm. and without really without judging the other person. Just leave, you know, just take the facts. I always say stick to the facts. What happened during the car accident? Mm. What happened? Right. So, so far we've talked about
0: being in the role where you are forgiving others. And that Mm -hmm. feels like a more like compassionate, bigger person type thing. But let's talk about guilt, and when you feel like you need to seek forgiveness from somebody else, is there any different process or strategies that we can use when we're the one in the wrong, we've been hanging on to it, and then we need to go to somebody else to ask for
1: forgiveness versus give it? What you can do Again, stick to the facts and show yourself some extra grace and compassion, because you're so much closer to your goal. Because you, you even want to to apologize and make amends. Do you know how many people don't even care? Mm. So I would again say, stick to the facts. Show yourself extra grace, and I mean extra grace and compassion. Practice positive self talk. You know, I, I am, I am great. I am this. I am, I am beautiful. I am safe. I am, you know, practice extra extra compassion and do them do the positive self-talk and then figure out what your goal is. Do you want to, to um, how do you, what do you want the conversation to look like when you approach the other person? Will you approach them via email, via FaceTime, text, phone, in person? What is, what is that conversation going to look like? Mm. That's so important. How do you, how do you, you need to have some kind of goal going in mm. and then again, assess the situation. What happened? Right. But it has to be a goal that is
0: only reliant on your part. You can you can yes. wish and want somebody to do something all day long, but you cannot anticipate how they're going to respond, if they're going to, you know, extend the forgiveness that you're seeking, and that has to be okay knowing that you've done your part. All the goals have to be related
1: to that, right? I do agree. I do okay. agree with that. So know your it know your goal. Know your in what what is your goal for going in? You know, for going into the on the playground. What is your goal? Mm. Know how you're gonna reach out to this person and then be realistic with your expectations. Maybe they don't want to forgive. Maybe they're not ready to forgive. Maybe they don't even want to hear from you. You know, so just be realistic about your expectations and then go in with a positive mindset that, you know, despite how this turns out, I know that I've done my part. Yeah. and and don't and just and just do, do your part have a goal in mind and still practice that compassion that self compassion and give the other person time sometimes we want them to just drop everything and hug us and and embrace us then and sometimes they're not ready and that's okay so yes. have realistic expectations that's right i've been thinking so much about this Stop. because so many times
0: we have been processing something or preparing for an interaction or a hard conversation or something for weeks, months, even years sometimes. And somebody else who might be quite caught off guard by us giving them that letter, having that conversation, whatever, and kind of bringing up something that either they didn't know happened or like your version of it, or they've been able to move on or whatever it is. And if they're caught off guard, their processing time is, and the preparation time is much shorter than what you have put into it. And so you can't perfectly expect their reaction to be, you know, at the same level as what you have prepared for because you're catching them more off guard. And so giving them a little bit of
1: compassion for that. That is so true. That is so true. And that's why we need to have those realistic expectations. We just can't think they're going to run across the street and give us the biggest hug ever because maybe they don't want to, maybe they're not ready. And so we don't want to set ourselves up for failure while we're trying to achieve our goal and, and get the stuff off of us and free our minds. You know, we, we want to have realistic expectations. Right. Why forgive? What are the
0: benefits of offering forgiveness? Because, Sometimes we just don't want to go back, especially if it's painful childhood stuff, unearthing Uh that, that's a lot. And even if carrying it around is a lot, going through it again and reliving it and having hard conversations and not getting a great result sometimes.
1: Why is it worth it? What are the benefits of forgiveness? Just a few of the benefits are you, you, um, increase your heart health. You, you build a stronger immune system so you can fight off colds and different things. You, um, increase your, um, you have less bouts of depression and anxiety. You sleep better. You're ultimately going to have more joy and more peace. You're going to, um, get rid of those negative emotions. So you'll feel freer. You'll feel, um, lighter. Mm -hmm. You'll, did I say you'll sleep better? That, I'll take your that. <laughs> yes, your relationships will improve. Yeah. Right. And even your healthy
0: relationships, I think, improve. Because then you're just in a kind of a mind space of monitoring, are things healthy? Are things going well? And then you're quicker to forgive or ask for forgiveness before something snowballs. I think that's when we really get stuck in not wanting to do the whole forgiveness repentance process
1: is when it feels like it's been too long mm-hmm. or it's too big true that's yeah. very true but it's it's I, I, this is what i really think i think it's never too late to apologize i really do
0: that's I my do personal too. opinion i, I think do it's too. never too
1: late just to say i'm sorry i didn't mean to hurt you and yeah i I just think it's never too late well you hear
0: of oftentimes people in their you know final hours of life you know asking for forgiveness for certain things and, and whatnot and just seeking that relief. And it's like, goodness, yes. what if they had been able to find that relief in the years leading up, not the, the minutes or hours leading up to oh, the no. end of their life. Oh, no. So don't wait. Don't oh, no. wait. Well, oh, no, it's this so is, sad. Yeah, it is so cathartic. Karen, there's just so much that we could we could say about forgiveness, but ultimately, again, reiterating, it is not about the other person. This is really a practice in helping yourself to heal, to unload, yes. to feel better, and get all those benefits that you just mentioned. So tell me more about what you have to offer people in terms of supporting them in this forgiveness process, and and where can people find you online? Okay,
1: well, you can find, I'm gonna tell you where you can find me first. You can find me on Instagram, um, my IG name is Karen Donier, D-O-N-I-E-R-E. And then you can find me in my amazing Facebook community. Well, women being intentional. We are so intentional and focused on our self-improvement goals. Getting rid We're working on getting rid of that anger, the resentment, the grudges, self-doubt, uh, improving our self-confidence. Um. You. Uh. Oh my gosh. Getting imposter syndrome. Yeah. Getting out of our own way. All the things. We are just doing all the things to be better than we were yesterday. I love that.
0: Oh, that's so good. So, if you're in need of a forgiveness coach or any of, you know, the help that that Karen just mentioned, definitely check out her website and and on Instagram and whatnot. Karen, this has been so wonderful. I always ask my guests one final question. And you're going to have to go back to your teenage years now that I know that how early you were when you had your first child. But the question is, what would you tell your pre-motherhood self?
1: Okay. We're talking about, I was a mom at 17, 16 years old. Okay, I would tell the young Karen, 16-year-old Karen, that you are very talented. You are very smart. You are super pretty. You are empathetic. People, um, people come to you because you're a great listener. You have so much to offer. Don't, don't discount your your experiences and don't think that you're you're not worthy of love and you're not worthy of of forgiveness and healing. And and just because you're shy, doesn't mean anything. It means you're very observant.
0: Mm. Oh, I love that so much. And what I love is it's not even focused on the parenting part of it. It's really parenting yourself and nurturing yourself. Yes is what you just Mm -hmm. talked about. And that is such a key part of being an extraordinary mom over time. I love that. Karen, thank you so much for sharing your insights. And I hope that anybody listening, if there's something tugging at them, if there's something that pops into the back of their mind regarding forgiveness, that they will just take action or start taking the next step towards relieving that and taking that trash bag out because you don't need to live like that.
1: No, no, not at all. Thank you so much, Jessica.
0: It's been my pleasure. Take care. I often talk about on the podcast how sometimes we can have a lot of tabs open in our mind as moms, like internet browser tabs, right? Do you have a tab open for a a grudge that is lingering, for unresolved anger towards somebody, or forgiveness that you need to seek because you've wronged someone? Sometimes that program of anger, resentment, and lack of forgiveness that's kind of running in the background and without even realizing it, it's draining our battery. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I would love for you to be able to address that today. I would love for you to be able to close that tab, to seek the forgiveness, to ask for forgiveness, to offer it, if only for you. We can't control what the other person does but it will free you up so much to do more good in the world. And if it relates to our kids and we can model that for them, all the better. So I know you love Karen. You can find everywhere where she's located over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. It's all linked over there. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica JessicaDawquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today and we will see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.